Welcome to our podcast series named The Most Important Issues in Business Crime, where we ask leading business crime experts from around the world to tell us about the most important topics you need to know about. The object is to briefly identify the most important issues, but not to catalog every potential one. Today, I'm very excited to welcome my colleagues from Asia. Uh, as China's newly revised anti-espionage law took effect in the beginning of this month, we will be talking about the latest developments and trends in relation to China's data security regime, a highly complicated and I think uh, ever-developing area of the law that multinational companies need to stay on top of. I'm really excited to be joined today by Mike Lampson, Council of Linklater's Litigation, Arbitration, and Investigations team. He's based in Hong Kong. He's part of our U.S. practice, and uh, I work regularly with Mike on a range of things, and it's great to have him here today. Um, he's got uh, lots of great experience in-house and uh, at the law firms um, in investigations, litigation, and also in U.S. sanctions. Mike, welcome. Let me turn it over to you. Thank you, Doug, uh, and thank you for that kind, very kind introduction. Um, and I'm glad to be here uh, on the podcast today. I'm, I'm glad also to be joined by two of my Asia colleagues. I've got Alex Roberts and Ellen Zhang, who will be sharing their insights from the ground on the mainland. Alex and Ellen, would you like to say hello? Hi, Mike. Thanks very much. Good to be here with everyone. I'm Alex Roberts, one of the councils in our Linklater's tech and data team. As mentioned, I'm based in Shanghai and from here lead our China TMT team. Hi everyone, I'm Alan Zhang based in Beijing. I'm partner of our litigation, arbitration and investigations practice in Zhaoshan Law Firm, a member of Linklater's global network. Very glad to be here today. Thank you both for those introductions. Now, as Doug previewed at the outset, um, and as some of you may know, China's revised anti-espionage law took effect at the beginning of this month, so on the 1st of July. Um, to set the scene a bit, Ellen, could you please walk us through the legislative background of this new law? Sure, Mike. Uh, China's anti-espionage law was first adopted in 2014, the final text of the revised version was released in late April this year, amidst the increasingly complex and challenging situations. Compared to the 2014 version, there are significant expansions under the new law, but the overarching principle to maintain national security and interest under both versions are essentially the same. The anti-espionage law is part of China's national security regime, together with many other national security related laws, such as the data security law, cybersecurity law, and anti-foreign sanctions law. Ellen, thank you for that background. I'd forgotten that this law has been um, in place, so to speak, for a number of years, and it's, it's helpful to know the context in which it sits as well. Um, I'm just excited to have you uh, talk to us a little bit about this. I guess if you had to pick a couple of key changes under the revised anti-espionage law that multinational companies should be aware of, and I know there are a lot, but which ones would you highlight if I said you could only identify a handful? Thanks, Doug. 
I would like to flag two significant ones. Firstly, the most significant change is the expansion of espionage to cover illegal collection or provision of any documents, data, materials, or items related to national security and interests by a non-PRC person or by any person instructed or funded by the non-PRC person or by a PRC person in collusion with a non-PRC person. The revised anti-espionage law itself does not set specific parameters to or procedures to define information related to national security and interests. This broad definition gives significant discretion to the Chinese national security authorities to determine what information is within the scope of the new law scrutiny and enforcement. The degree of uncertainty this creates has been a concern a concern for many multinational corporations. Secondly, the revised anti-espionage law also imposes statutory obligations on China-based businesses to implement precautionary measures, educate and organize staff to maintain national security and to prevent espionage. In case of non-compliance, the PRC National Security Authority may order rectification or request an interview with the relevant person in charge and may impose administrative li liabilities, such as a warning or public reprimand. Actually, soon after the release of the revised anti-espionage law, it was reported that the Chinese subsidiaries of Capvision, which is a US headquartered expert network service provider, was under joint investigation led by China's National Security Authority due to its failure to implement precautionary measures to counter espionage. As a result of the enforcement, Capvision announced that it had established a compliance committee led by its senior management to implement rectification measures as requested by the National Security Authority. Thanks, Ellen. Um, you know, one of the questions that our clients always ask is whether the, the laws that are in the mainland actually apply outside of the mainland. And so is it correct that this revised, the revisions that were made to the anti-espionage law, did those have extraterritorial impacts so that non-PRC organizations and individuals are sort of swept up in their PRC-related data collection and processing activities? What would be the, you know, the consequences of that? Thanks, Mike, for the question. Uh, it's correct that the anti-espionage law has extraterritorial impact. Even if a non-PRC organization or individual does not have any PRC nexus, it would be caught by the, the anti-espionage law if it engages in or instructs a proxy to commit illegal collection or provision of data related to China's national security and interest. Non-compliance may result in administrative liabilities as provided under the revised anti-espionage law, which include warnings, administrative detentions, fines, and suspension or termination of business. 
criminal liability is determined in, uh, in accordance with the PRC criminal law, and the threshold would be much higher than the administrative liabilities. Thanks, Ellen. So, I mean, uh, the other the other sort of color I would give on this is that um, the the type of activity I think that we've been seeing recently by the authorities in this space uh, as part of their enhanced AEL enforcement um, seems to be of a different nature, of a different sort of caliber than we had seen previously under some of these other um, you know regulations and laws that that Alan you had touched on before. Um, those really had focused on more sensitive or, or political areas where these, in contrast, these actions that are part of this uh, enhanced anti-espionage law enforcement seem to touch on sort of typical business activities that uh, companies that do, do business in, in the PRC um, do as part of their normal business operations, like conducting due diligence on counterparties um, or, um, you know, uh, uh, trying to understand parts of an M&A uh, transaction. And that's why uh, it's important for uh, multinationals to stay on top of these changes. And I think to start to consider the types of precautionary measures that, that Alex will talk about uh, in a little bit. Yep. No, Mike and Ellen, that's really interesting. And, and obviously very serious issues for multinationals to know about and consider and hopefully this podcast will cause them to reach out to you and ask uh, questions because this is really important for them to, to uh, be aware of. Alex, let me, let's do a transition. Uh, Mike mentioned um, data processing. I mean, data security and data protection everywhere is getting a lot more attention. I know you're an expert in this area and you're out talking to clients around the world. With respect to these issues in the mainland, um, I understand that there's an expanded definition of espionage in this version of the law. What does that mean for, for China-related data gathering and processing activities? Thanks, Doug. That's definitely right. And I think um, it's interesting in the way that you allude to this, that a lot of our clients don't necessarily look at the label only of anti-espionage here. They don't think that they're spies per se, but this is definitely part of the wider data security regime, national security regime that we see um, in action here in China, particularly with the geopolitical situation. Um, when, when we look at this particular law and the revisions to the anti-espionage law, as you mentioned, the expanded definition of espionage is really what is catching people out. And together with the Capvision case that Ellen just alluded to, this really is presenting some increased challenges for businesses when they are doing data gathering, data collection, and processing, activi processing activities in relation to their China business. The, the release of the revised law, it, it really has set us up in a lot of conversations with multinational corporations, data-driven investors, and others in the financial service sector, including the data providers, to actually look at their data compliance policies um, under a new light. And as Mike has just alluded to, there are a lot of other precautionary measures that people can start looking at, consider, and actually implement to mitigate the risks that arise under this revised anti-espionage law. Um, Ellen's actually just started to 
allude to some of the, the difficulties that we actually have under the anti-espionage law as it's been amended, in that there's no specific parameters as to what definition um, we should be looking for to, to actually get our hands around the information that could be or relate to national security and interests. Um, interestingly, we saw some commentary that came out from uh, the Ministry of Justice just a few uh, weeks ago um, quite low key, actually, but actually suggests that this concept of information that's relating to national security and interests could be something that's close to core data, um, a definition that we've actually seen since 2021 um, under the data security law in particular, but also other data laws and guidelines that actually cover a wide range of sectors. Um, but a lot of the clients that we've been um, liaising with and indeed ourselves have been re really been looking to the industry regulators to confirm the scope of what is this core data that they're looking to regulate. But unfortunately, up until now, it's been largely unpublicized um, as to the scope of this information. But there are some, um, some rules, some drafts and guidelines that we can look to for potential illustrations. Thanks, Alex. I mean, so what do you do? I mean, what what can a what can a a multinational do when it's trying to figure out what core data is in practice if there isn't much much guidance that's out there? Is there anything that we can look at? Sure, Mike. Well, obviously, other than um, coming to us and, and and speaking to us about what we're we're seeing and speaking to the regulators about to try and get the inside track, um, that there are some trial rules that have come out which gives some indicative examples, and in particular that they relate to AI and other technologies, including semiconductors, which is obviously um, one of the, the core sort of sensitive technologies that we see being spoken about um, in the tech wars um, between the super uh, the superpowers at the moment. And data related to these technologies, if that did um, fall into the wrong hands, the authorities here in China are seeing that as a serious threat to the op operation of, of core industries around um, information um, technology in particular, but also other industrial players. And they're, they're basically saying to us that if this information falls into the wrong hands, they see that as a likelihood of, um, of leading to a shutdown of key internet platforms, for instance, key internet service providers. Um, really are tangible examples in the vast digital economy that we have in China at the moment. Um, but to think of some of the, the specifics, the regulators point to this sort of data having a certain level of provision, uh, precision um, and scale. That it would mean that if this did fall into the wrong hands, it would have a direct impact on the national security of China and therefore needs a stronger, stricter level of management, including um, restrictions on the sharing of that data on a cross-border basis, which is obviously key when we're talking about international businesses. It, it, it's fair to say that the list of what is core data is not conclusive and the, the rules leave it open to the regulators, the different ministries to supplement um, the examples that have been given to date. But it's definitely fair to say that all clients, all, um, all companies that are operating in the China market need to think about this dynamically. There needs to be a dynamic review to determine what might be considered core data because this actual the, the determination by the regulators will obviously flex um, with policy um, and, and in the increasingly geopolitical and complex um, business environment that we're in at the moment, that could happen at any time. Yes, indeed. 
uh, Alex. I mean, and you know, as as companies that are operating in the mainland are thinking about this, um, you know, and you know, obviously you've, you've touched on some of these other data laws that are out there as well. Um, what what are some of the steps that um, multinationals that are operating the PRC can do? What sort of precautionary measures um, are are they thinking about in trying to mitigate? any potential risks that they're facing on the data front? Sure, Mike. There's a lot of things that we're already talking to clients, particularly foreign investors and MNCs about looking to implement and some are already starting to do so. Um, off, off the top of the bat, a lot of people are just trying to get their teams more familiar with these new laws. So we've already provided um, tailored training to a number of different investors um, and industrial in industry associations, um, trainings on this on the developments to the data security regime um, after we've had this these revisions to the anti-espionage law. But more specifically, we're also helping clients to formulate and refresh their policies, their guidelines around actually how to mitigate these data risks in practice. So, so what to do when engaging the data, uh, the, the experts, the network experts that Ella mentioned um, that are based in China, that many multinationals have found so important in getting um, information on the ground for investments or, or M&A deals, uh, what warranties and other contractual protections they can put in place in their engagement letters, their, their contracts, and even their transaction documents. Um, we're also looking at sort of red flags that um, th they should be looking at in terms of their investment due diligence, how they should be reviewing and revising their uh, questionnaires that they send to counterparties. Uh, and, and in particular, a lot of clients have been looking for assistance around just what scenarios their business teams might come across um, if they're on the ground or, or flying into China and, and what should be um, the issues that are flagged up to legal and compliance to do um, more assessment um, with our assistance if necessary. So they are properly identifying and handling sensitive data in accordance with the rules as we see them now. I mean, on that specific point in terms of identifying sensitive data, uh, there's, there's clients that are looking at this across a, a broad range of sectors, um, looking first at the overarching principles that we can now see under the under the rules and the revisions that are now in place, but also looking at sector-specific guidelines that actually help them to mitigate the risk depending on the, the investments that they are trying to make um, in, in their particular uh, sectors of choice. It's fair to say, unfortunately, that it's not easy for international teams to get their hands around, get their heads around um, all of these uh, concepts. And it's really our role to try and give as much practical advice as possible to MNCs to, to give them the confidence, if you like, to keep doing business in China, if that's ultimately, ultimately what they want to do. Alex, that was really, really interesting and informative. And I wanna just close by thanking uh, our Asia team so much. Mike, Ellen, and Alex, you together provided a very insightful and practical overview of China's latest developments in the anti-espionage law space and the data security regime. And I think not only did you cover sort of what the rules are, but what the questions likely will be for, for clients and uh, practical tips. And I hope uh, our listeners found that helpful. And uh, I'll say it again, if you need more help, please do reach out to us. We're on the website, you know how to reach us. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll join our next episode. Uh, bye for now. <laughs>